Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast releasing every Thursday. I am your host, Alex Stadnick, and as always, I'm honored to be joined by the illustrious Alex Van Aken. Hello, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Third time's a charm. Uh, we've deleted this intro twice now, each multiple minutes into the recording. But we're here. Also, fun fact about me, Alex, changing the subject a little. These glasses, they're fake. <gasps> You're I a phony. I have 20-20 vision, all right? It's cosmetic. Bro, did you literally just get glasses to do this flex here on the show today? Yeah, and yeah. I've been wearing them for six months to build up to this bit. <laughs> but I'm here to reveal, they're just blue light blocking glasses. You literally wear those all the time. Yeah, I get, migraines. I get migraines. Guys, in public? Is... You get migraines from everything. Okay. I don't just get migraines in private, Alex. It's not like, a, oh, I'm in my bedroom. Alone. Never seen you with migraines. That's all I'm saying. Because yeah. Internet... I stay home. <laughs> I'm, I'm not impressed by this ad read at all. <laughs> Internet ruined this man's life for faking <laughs> what? poor eyesight. I, I never said I had poor eyesight. I just look so good, you know? He's on that Ooh. Kevin Durant level. Yeah, I can Ooh. feel it. I see that. Uh, join us each episode. Eat <laughs> your heart out. Join us each episode alongside a rotating crew of GI editors and special guests from around the industry as we bring you the latest news, reviews, and big man swag your eyes and ears can handle. This week, another big one, folks. We got impressions of Tiny Tina. We have impressions of Kirby, of Ghostwire Tokyo, and we're going to be talking about a little game called The Witcher here uh momentarily but first let's introduce our panel john carson king of late night in the hey. building i realize i say it's good i realize i say in the building when none of us are actually in the building i wish yeah. we were in the building like we're collectively in a building yeah just not give, the same building give me some microphones give me give me at a table across from you guys and let's just let's yeah. do this thing in real life just have some fun you know um john i this is the first time you've been on since you became uh, the co-host of a little video game podcast called Video Gameography. That, that's true. And it, my, my first episode has not even aired yet. That, uh, that happens this Saturday when we begin, oh, when Marcus Stewart and I begin our new series of Video Gameography of uh, the Bioshock franchise. Oh, yeah. Very, very exciting. So, so diving down into Rapture for the first episode, uh, we are pros at re-recording entire podcast episodes because uh that first recording uh did not turn out so uh now that we've done this intro three times we can only go up from here it's right exactly i'm yeah. you know it's a descent I, into rapture but this podcast is on ascent into into columbia well, yeah then. oh let's not go there i mean we're, we're gonna to go, go there in two weeks <laughs> yeah. when yeah, you we will. dissect bioshock infinite there you go. Uh, every every Saturday. Check it out. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, you guys are going to do the PS Vita version of Bioshock 2, right? Yeah. Uh, and, well. Yeah. And then we're going to do the, the Switch versions of the uh, remastered collection as well. Uh, Sir Perfect. Alex Stadnick, we are actually recording with you tomorrow for next week's episode of Bioshock 2. Yeah, it's going to be I, fun. I hope you're ready. I, I'm getting there. I unironically love that multiplayer, so I'm excited. I need to, you uh, to actually play the whole game tonight. So. <laughs> okay, I'll get right on that. All right, great. So, yeah. Thank you. And then sitting there patiently, the beautiful boy himself, who I still don't have a nickname for, Blake Hester. Hello, sir. Do, do I need a nickname? 
That's kind of my thing. I've been given nicknames. I tried one on an earlier take, and you were you were very anti that one. Can we what call about this? The, what about the HBIC of Game Informer, the head Blake in charge? Ooh. That's very yeah. good, actually. I like that, actually. There you go. Yeah. Yes, Can you regale us about the week's news? Uh, something big came up this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one comes from Mr. Wes uh, over on the G- Game Informer news team. Uh, Wes LeBlanc, of course. Uh, CD Projekt Red announces a new Witcher game will be made in Unreal Engine 5. Wow, that's big news uh, for multiple reasons. Number one, new Witcher game. Awesome. I think we all probably expected that would happen eventually, but... Who's going to be the protagonist? Is it Siri? Is it is it Geralt? Nobody knows. Uh, but what we do know is that they are making the change from their internal engine uh, to Unreal Engine 5. Uh, and let's go ahead and read the story real quick. Um, CD Projekt Red, the studio behind Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, has announced that the next, quote, next installment in The Witcher series is currently in development. The studio announced this news on its website uh, today. This was a couple days ago now, citing that this new Witcher game will be, quote, kicking off a new saga for the franchise. As for who the protagonist will be and where it takes place in CD Projekt Red's Witcher timeline this far, that remains unknown. However, the studio did reveal that it's moving away from its Red Engine, which is the in-house engine the studio used to develop Cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher 3, to develop this new Witcher game on Unreal Engine 5. Uh, quote, this is an exciting moment as we're moving away Uh, from Red Engine to Unreal Engine 5, beginning a multi-year strategic partnership with Epic Games, end quote. The studio's announcement reads, uh, it covers not only licensing, but technical development of Unreal Engine 5, as well as potential future versions of Unreal Engine where relevant. We'll closely collaborate with Epic Games developers with the primary goal being to help tailor the engine for open world experiences. Uh, And then Wes goes on to editorialize at this point. No further details regarding this game. Uh, are available um but he also says that witcher 3 is amazing he loves it so much um and it's his favorite game ever that's not that's not in the the story but i said the word editorializing and then realized there wasn't actually any editorializing in the story (laughs) so i felt the need to add that little tidbit we have some straight chaotic energy here today we do we do yeah yeah but yeah that's the new story what are we what are we thinking boys what are we thinking about this? I, uh, I, for one, am excited. I still haven't beaten Witcher 3. I've started <laughs> that game over three times. It has. And I, like, 100% White Orchard. Then I get to uh, the land, the No Man's Land, and then I fall off. But maybe this time, mm-hmm. you this have that motivation. Because I, I love White Orchard. White Orchard, probably the, one of the best starting areas in video games. It's full of things to do. You find that battlefield with all the corpses, and then you you realize you can loot all of them. Oh, that's such a cool moment! <laughs> that, is the, that is the highlight. Sure, yeah. Uh, the Love Griffin the fight. It's it's great. Griffin but uh, John, you go ahead and take it away. How you feeling? Uh, you know, I I it, like like you guys said, it's not really surprising that there's going to be a new Witcher game, especially after uh, everything that happened with Cyberpunk. So they kind of have to go back to their. They're breadwinning franchise, um, and it's also kind of I mean, it's a little surprising that they're going with the new engine, but also after the debacle of of cyberpunk, like going with something that probably has better support uh, attached to it and uh, will potentially perform better is a, uh, a very safe bet, and I'm, I'm happy that they're going that route. 
other than that, yay, yay more Witcher, I guess. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yay? Yeah, yeah, yay. Yeah. Bring bring back the Bloody Butcher. The Bloody Baron? Is that, is that the Bloody Disney Bloody Baron. Uh, and because he, uh, Geralt is the Butcher, the Bloody Butcher, right? And then the Bloody Baron is a separate quest from Witcher 3? No. The Baron, Bloody Baron is, is, a, is a character, though. So you're, you're right on there. Great. Wait, I think y'all are misunderstanding me. I'm right. <laughs> Oh, oh, he's I the did. butcher of Blavikin. Yeah, that's bloody, what I'm saying. No, you yeah. said the bloody butcher. Those are different things. <laughs> I, I was. We're trying to. Say I was pretty you. much saying that you Geralt know you're, you know you're not the doing butcher, a good job, and that the if... bloody Baron was a quest line, a character, and part you of a quest what? line in The Witcher Three. Why is everybody trying to get on my back today? You know you're not doing a good job if I have to step in and correct <laughs> you about fantasy lore. <laughs> Damn, that's true. Damn. Just going to clarify for everyone listening. I've played like 12 hours of The Witcher 3. I never finished it, so I'm not going to claim to be an expert on, on that game specifically. But yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's cool that it's continuing for the, the fans that are out there. For, for Blake, Blake's, Blake's finished 3. Are you excited for, uh, for a new go at The Witcher world? Yeah, what's up? Uh, I have finished 3. I've also finished Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine. Uh, Hearts of Stone is better than the main game. I'll say mm-hmm. it right here. That's wow. one best, probably one of my favorite things I played. Wow. Is that Heart of Stone DLC? Wow. Um, do got a little bit of a scoop here for you. We were pontificating on the protagonist of the game. Um, hey Siri, are you going to be the protagonist of Witcher Four? <laughs> As a visual gag for the viewers watching, I also have. It could Siri. be an audio gag if you actually no, let her I talk. Have, I have Siri turned off. I don't want that idiot on my phone. <laughs> um, no, it's cool. I mean, I you know I like what those what those what those folks over at CD Projekt Red do. I like The Witcher Three a lot. I like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm stoked to play more Witcher, especially if Geralt isn't the dang protagonist because he's a bump on the log. If you ask me, <laughs> yeah, bold move, CD Projekt Red, to make the character I play as the most boring character in the game. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. I'm stoked. Not a Geralt uh, fan, huh? No, not really. Kind of mm. sucks. Okay. Uh, fan of basic every single other character in that game. <laughs> I think those games are are uh, those games. It's one game and two expansions. Um, I think they're great. I loved them. I had a great time when I was an intern at Game Informer. Uh, I played through all of them during my time as an intern because uh wasn't being paid for three months. <laughs> okay. Way to stretch that dollar. Yep. <laughs> well, that's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I did beat Witcher. Um, loved it. We're talking about Witcher three. I did beat Witcher three. Thank you for clarifying. Um, (laughs) I uh have been waiting. I no, I haven't been. I just haven't played the DLCs, even though I see. I that's interesting, Blake, because I've I've heard Blood and Wine is like the best. I've you know people say this. They always talking out of the side of the damn neck about this. (laughs) Uh, and I think because I played those games in such short succession. By the time I hit Blood and Wine, I was uh, burnt out. So That's I right. think, unfortunately, mm. I did not get an optimum uh, way to play that. But I stand by, I think, Hearts of Stone, I enjoyed more than the main game. Yeah. Not that I didn't like the main game. I just yeah. love Hearts of Stone. Main game is great. Um, I'm where, where Witcher 3 ends is I'm excited that the playbook is kind of open for them, right? Um to see where this goes. I know a lot of people were thinking Siri is the main character next. We did get a little clarification. Yeah, did she ever get back to you, Blake? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I haven't so, turned her on. Yeah. I don't even know how to turn her on. 
She's busy talking to Eurogamer because um, they did confirm with CD Projekt that the emblem in the teaser image, right, is a lynx, which this is one of the first times in canon that they've brought up a lynx because it's like um, there's different houses, right? And one of the, I think why a lot of people were excited for the potential of Siri being the main character was because she has the cat medallion, right? Uh, um, from the cat house or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I do cannot say. <laughs> Blake, you can't. We that, are already, this is, a, this is a rough <laughs> podcast. We can't. Yeah. It's uh, Alex Stadnick at GameInformer.com if you got complaints yeah. on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it still could be, right? Like, I think this could be a sign that she is forming her own house, right? And, and, mm-hmm taking those teachings she's learned from her experience thus far in the Witcher series and, and using that, especially because I feel like Siri is Siri was big in three, right. And she's a huge part of the show and obviously the books too. Right. But like, I feel like more like publicly, she's like one of the bigger focuses and she's great. Like I love her character in the third game. So, um, y'all ever read those books? Uh, last wish. Yes. The rest of them. No. Yeah. In the native language. Sure. Yeah. Which one? That's right. Okay. Uh, I yeah, I read that first one. It's cool. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. I liked I liked uh, uh, what they did on the show with it too. But anyways, um, no? no, I don't know if you'd like it. It's good. I, I, I watched an like episode. It. I remember that. I'd be like, it's The Witcher. <laughs> you just kept living your life. <laughs> uh, that's so. scary. I already yeah. know him. <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill just as boring. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the energy to, to, to field that one, but, um, so I'm excited. You know, I think this was kind of a duh, which is one of the bigger video game entertainment franchises out there right now. And, you know, um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited by the potential. I've, it's so, I understand why companies are doing it now, but it is bizarre mm-hmm. that we've hit this stage in development where like some of these huge games are just getting announced by a blog post, like a couple of paragraphs and that's it. Cause Blizzard did it with their survival game. Um, you know, Witcher did it this, and I feel like did someone else? Yeah, dude, Rock, did, <laughs> Rockstar announced the next GTA. That's what it was. Yeah, at the bottom of a press release about that's GTA right. Online. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, we um, we we talked to the their PR not too long ago, and I was like, "Is that the like most anticlimactic way you've ever announced anything?" Got a good laugh from him. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> so, um, you know, I can't imagine we see this game for a long, long time, but mm-hmm. it's just. The outside world of this and the, and the development space is, is very interesting. And I really hope uh, CD Projekt uh, gets some better workplace uh, um, rules, you know, give some people a break. There was a quote from the director that he said, crunch won't happen under my watch. Uh, not going to give him the benefit of the doubt this early in the process and say they're being honest, but at least hope he's right. Yeah. At least I I don't know. They're trying to get out ahead of it. You know, we'll see a few yeah. years down the line if that's no, true. no in Nestle 20. Crunch bars allowed in CD Project Red. We gotta office. get out of this. We gotta get out of this. Uh okay. Alex, any any party clouds here? Uh no, sir. Let's uh let's uh head over to topic of the week. Welcome back to the GI show. We got him back, folks. After after not being on for quite some time, the EIC is back. Andrew Reiner, uh, and unfortunately, has to be escorted off the show for what he's wearing currently. Yeah, screw you, Alex. <laughs> wearing a, a Twins jersey in Cubs Nation here? No. In Cubs no. Nation. There's two, there's two of you with Cubs stuff, and I guarantee <laughs> one probably doesn't know a single player on the team. 
Yeah, Never I know. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I only know players from 1907. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Their uh, greatest year. Yes. Nothing could top that, possibly. Right. Um, Reiner, you've <laughs> been busy. You're the you're the EIC as we know, but you've also been reviewing a game or two. And last time we talked, it was, you know, it was fine. Final Fantasy, right? But, okay. this, yeah. but this time we got a banger. Tiny Teenage Wonderlands. Uh, the the spinoff from the Borderlands series that I think a lot of people are very excited about, including you, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I adored this game. And it is, you know, we've already kind of had a taste of this from Borderlands 2. There was the DLC that kind of did the same thing. This is a bigger and better version of that, fully fleshed out. It's a lot of fun. I played with Alex a little bit uh, during the review process. I was giggling all the way through it. So was he. <laughs> yeah. uh, just over the action, we're, we're taking on land sharks and just all sorts of uh, wild beasts. And and then just uh, the characters that we're meeting along the way and, and the scenarios that are unfolding. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. They want to make you laugh the whole way through. Not all the jokes land, but a lot of them do. And it's it's just upbeat. It has a really nice vibe to it. And I enjoyed all of it. I, I didn't want it to end. Yeah. So backing up here, Tiny Tina, for those who didn't play the DLC, right? This is a bunkers and badasses session, as it's called in, in D&D, or in, in Borderlands, I should say. It is basically Dungeons and Dragons with Tina leading the way. Um, you are the new recruit amongst... Wanda Sykes's fret character and um, Andy Samberg's um, Valentine character, and then uh, Will Arnett is the Dragon Lord, the bad guy. And um, as it starts, you know you're trying to stop evil. Um, it's kind of a conventional setup for a D and D campaign, but it gets really interesting when you start to play it. And I think that's one of the highlights for you, right, Reiner? Yeah, it's so. When the game begins, you have Tina. She's the dungeon master. She's leading this board game, right? This this creative session of playing uh, this this uh, this game. And as you're playing it, you'll be you you kind of transport yourself into the world, like what she's envisioning. You're envisioning it, and you become you're the new recruit, right? You're you're the the fate maker or whatever fate master. I can't remember what it was, but fate maker. Yep, fate maker. You are. Uh, in this world, you're seeing it, and as she says things like, "You enter a mushroom kingdom," but at that point, you're just walking through a normal forest. And all of a sudden, as she says, Mushroom Kingdom, the, all the trees disappear and it just becomes a, a lush forest or a lush uh, forest of mushrooms and stuff, right? Like, it looks awesome. And it's it's fun because you have the other characters like doing the dice rolls, saying what they're, they want to do in specific situations, such as Valentine needing a drawbridge to open. And <laughs> yep. the only thing he can think of is to romance that drawbridge, right? <laughs> Which is just the weirdest thing, but they, they play it up and you have these great voice actors all interacting together. Will Arnett constantly just calling you dumb and, and skillless. It's fantastic, right? I, right. I, I think it's, it's just really uh, zany and something different. And I like it a lot more than the Borderlands formula that it spins out of. And I um, and I think that's part for me, anyways. Too, it felt like Borderlands Three was like the humor in that was kind of aimed at I don't know, too like much. edgy internet humor, yeah. right? Like that kind of thing. And I think in this one, the you can feel that passion for Dungeons and Dragons mixed with just kind of the zany humor, right? And I think it lands a lot better than some of the previous stuff. It doesn't have quite the bite to it which i i appreciate it not that i don't like you know uh, darker jokes and stuff like that right but i felt like it just got grating after a while in in borderlands 3 whereas i haven't run into that here yet and it sounds like you enjoyed it all the way through right runner 
Oh yeah. All the way through. And I agree with you. Like Borderlands three, the characters were too big. Like they mm-hmm. were trying too hard. I just didn't think that they, they, you know, they were believable and, and I thought they hurt the experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas here you're, you're more so leaning into the voice actresses, you know, their approach to comedy. And that really kind of sings for how their characters are portrayed. And I think that works really well. So none for of sure. the characters really graded on me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some fun fun situations you get yourself in. You you never really know what you're gonna get yourself in. You know, just just given the drawbridge example, mm-hmm. your 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 party may change change things up on you. For sure. Well, and speaking of Borderlands three, I had maintained that 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 had the best combat in the Borderlands series up until that point. But I think now there's a new crown uh, wearer in that in that sense. Um, <laughs> Reiner, what did you think of like the gameplay of this, the the moment to moment like gunplay and stuff? You know, it's still the Borderlands formula, a looter shooter at heart where you're killing bosses and they drop, you know, dozens of weapons or or items that you could pick up at any given time. There is a lot of inventory management, but if you're staying on top of it, you know, the the green arrows going up, that's what you want. (laughs) You know, you you don't need to pick everything up. And uh, the gunplay is as solid and, and fluid as ever. But I think it's it feels more powerful now because you have all these fantasy elements on top of it. You have these spells and, you know, uh, melee weapons and and pets that are joining you in the fray. So at one point I had like an ice spell or I was shooting ice crows out of my fingers. I had a wyvern flying overhead, barfing fire on people. I, I had a hammer that would create like lava earthquakes. My gun was shooting acid. And then my other one was shooting TNT arrows, you know, this crossbow shooting TNT arrows. I was like, I felt like Thanos, right? Wearing an Infinity <laughs> Gauntlet. I have every yeah. element at my disposal, basically. And you can unleash all that at once. You're just constantly unleashing hell on these enemies. And and it's a lot of fun in, in that capacity. And made better with co-op. Like, they, they really did a nice job of thinking through the frustrations people have with cooperative play. And uh, have a really nice formula in place that Alex enters the game at level 5. He sees enemies at level 5. I enter the mm-hmm. game at level 20. Uh, I see the enemies at level 20. We can have it be a um, shared loot experience where we're all getting our own loot, or you can make it competitive and have it all drop. And so you you get to tailor it the way you want. Nobody's left behind. Nobody's power leveling. You're all having that same experience. And yeah, yeah. it was I can't great. enough great things about cooperative play. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I think I would note is that I was in that situation. Reiner had played, you know, X amount more hours than I had. And I was... The, the enemies were totally fine. Like I could fight them at level eight or whatever I was at, but some of the gear that did drop for me was level 20, which I think yeah. if I remember right, that had that's the case in almost all the Borderlands games. So yeah. I, I think if you're a vet some of, of this, yeah. yeah, like you're you're going to be used to that. But Borderlands, through and through, Borderlands has always done co-op very well. And that's why, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm very excited about it. You know, two I was my, my college go-to game with all my friends. I was telling Blake yesterday, we got dinner, and I told him that we used to, we would search Craigslist for the cheapest possible televisions. And when they would like, oh, there's a big screen TV for $25, somebody's thrown away. And we would collect these and take them to his attic. And we'd have these big Borderlands LAN parties with like six, five, six TVs going at the same time. You can't fit that many people in your party, so everybody's playing single player and just living it up. Uh, and so I'm glad to hear that co-op is kind of alive and well here because that's always been the big draw for me. Yeah. Did you call yeah, it then, the Borderland parties? 
That's no. very good. We, yeah. we weren't that smart. Um, but yeah. I think yeah, they call great. it the the competitive angle of cooperative. They call it cooperative. Yeah. <laughs> so they created their own their own stupid term for it. That's two right. things we didn't two things for the review we didn't check out. We only played it on PC. Mm-hmm. It has crossplay. Yep. We didn't get to see that. And then also uh, couch co-op. They have that again. They've always supported that. They love the split screen, but we didn't get to see that. That's noted in the review. Um, we'll we'll see over the next couple of days if there's if we need another story or or an update. For sure. So Reiner, let me ask you: Do you think? Because I think a lot of people were coming into this hoping this would be like the next step, right? Like something super. Alex, I saw you tweet about like how your excitement was tampered a little bit by it's like, well, I thought it was going to be more like crossbows and different, like, you know, yeah, when I heard that, like guns and stuff. Yeah. When I heard that it was, you know, you know, the guns are, are still the big thing. I was like, Oh, that kind of, I was kind of hoping like you'd have maces and spears and more fantastical well, mm-hmm. weapons. Yeah. And, and you do right. The, the one of the new, one of the new things is, really honing on melee combat you do get a slot for like a sword a mace like that kind of stuff but reiner i guess my question to you and kind of building off of alex's thoughts right like is this for series vets do you think people who don't like the series are going to be interested in like who is this game for in your mind i think it's a, a nice entry point just because it is a standalone thing it has a different vibe than borderlands i i think even in its overall design where they get rid of the overworld that's why I say I think this is Gearbox's best game. Like, I loved Borderlands 2, and I like the Borderlands series in general, but when you remove that overworld where, you, you know, you're just in those vehicles, those buggies driving along the terrain from point A to point B, doing backtracking. When you remove that, it becomes a tighter, more entertaining campaign experience. You now have an overworld that's very much like a Final Fantasy. It's isometric in perspective. You're very quickly moving between uh, different uh levels i guess you'd call them you know they're kind of open environments but not to the level of borderlands so i think it's a tighter experience i think it it really kind of hits a home run with its vibe you know to go to baseball uh it it really is uh i think their their best game just mechanically and just from a design standpoint yes it is kind of harking back to you know just this same looter shooter formula that we've been playing uh and i agree with you it would have been nice if my machine gun was something different, maybe a, a wood staff that s- still acted like a machine gun. You know, right. they could have gone a little further that way, uh, but it's still a lot of fun. You know, like I didn't mind, you know, it is still Borderlands. You got to remember that these are Borderlands characters. It's just, they're playing a game, you know, and you're envisioning it as, you know, a Borderlands character in a fantasy world, yeah. if that makes sense. For sure. And I, th- and I think this game was going to ride or die on, the level of commitment the dev team and the writing team gave to the D&D aspect, right? And I, so far, have been very happy with it. I'm a relatively new D&D player, but just hearkening to that that level of creativity and and just goofiness, right? Yeah. Of the, yeah. Your, your smart-ass friend in the, the group was like, what if we did this? And everyone's like, oh. And they, Do you find yeah. that it's less effective because we've had like South Park's take on that sort of uh concept mm. for that's a no, good question i think it's, I think it's it, it, it kind of hits some of those same notes but it's a welcome thing like i want more of this sure. kind of stuff right cool. and you know there's a point in the overworld i don't want to spoil things for people but there is a cheeto you know on the 
not the branded kind, but uh, what do you call them? A cheese, cheese curl. Cheese, cheese curl. It's cheese on puff, the board. Yeah. You know, it's it's on the board. So you're in the fantasy world. There's this giant cheese thing in front of you that's blocking your path. And so, you know, the the party's talking about it like they're playing the board game. Like, hey, Tina, you, you drop some food on the board or, you know, your cheese curl on the board. And she's like, oh, no, no. You know, that is this. You must figure out how to overcome this. Yeah. There's just a, a, a goofy element there on top of it where they pull you out of the fantasy world and remind you that you're playing a game within a game kind of thing. And it's it, kind of neat. It, it's cool. I love it. Yeah. 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 And I think South Park is so its own thing in my mind where it's like For it sure. doesn't feel like it's it's taking too much from that. You know what I mean? But that is a good comparison, right? I like yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Um, but I, yeah, and you know, just the the combat is so like the Borderlands combat always feels so good. They have shooting down to a science over there. So um, I'm curious, Alex, as the king of the Borderlands parties there, what it, like after this talk, like, are you more excited for this now? Like, where's your hype level at? And John and, yeah. and Blake, please jump into. I uh, think so. I didn't I didn't know that it wasn't open world anymore. Like that they kind of tighten yeah. things up, and that's kind of a really welcome change for me. Um, I felt like that I was really into that when I had time in college to dive into that open world. And now I would definitely prefer something tighter uh, and more story focused because that was always, you know, as stupid as the stories were, I was always interested like, oh, what's Handsome Jack going to do next? Like, where are they taking this? Um, and as ridiculous as it is and campy as it is, it was always interesting to me to see like uh, how all that played into more of the like background setting like hyperion and you know all the different brands uh, of capitalism that are like warring for <laughs> yeah. your, your money mm -hmm. i always thought that was like I, I know like a lot of games have done that since then but like back in what whenever that came out 2010 first one was oh no i'm well, thinking of the second one particularly. Oh, second one i think that was 2012 yeah that yeah right. i don't yeah. know it felt a little more novel back then i know like a lot of rpgs have done that since mm -hmm. in space but that was always interesting to me and so i'm excited to and the dlc was great too back then yeah. uh, so i am excited to see that kind of shifted to a fantastical setting especially when we've seen like these more serious interpretations like stranger things like their you know themes of D D and how it's like this dark and scary and brooding yeah. setting and then you have this irreverent take uh, so I'm I'm eager to play it. <laughs> yeah, and don't expect a lot from the story, right? It's Will Arnett being a bad guy. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm and, good and with that. And he's just he's mean to you, yeah. <laughs> right? And he he wants to hurt you. And, and by story, I should say uh, encounters, like the the set pieces, you know. Yeah, the yeah. There moments. are cool set piece moments. Alex, did you see the lake? I haven't seen the lake yet. Oh, no. there is a visual. Here, they but... do a visual thing at the lake that I was like, wow, they okay. really. They nailed that. That was very cool. Because yeah. visually, like like you said, it is a Borderlands game. It's not. Yep. I wasn't Cartoony. blown away. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just that is what you would expect it to be. Um, they so kind of get away with that same art style that's always going to look good. Right. You know, but you can't mm -hmm. really enhance it too much because you want it to be kind of simple in, in design. Yeah. Uh, but it works. It works for what they're doing. For sure. Mm. Yeah, John, did you want to jump in here? Are you, I don't know, are you a Borderlands fan? Yeah, I, I really liked the first two Borderlands. I, I went really hard on Borderlands 2, and I've kind of burned myself out on the series for about a decade. So um, I am actually pretty excited to jump into Waterlands because I've given it such a long break and 
just getting back into finding all these crazy weapons and uh and and exploring this this new version of 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 borderlands like i i'm kind of a little bit over the the like semi post apocalyptic uh like <laughs> the, 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 the pandora like the pandora yeah. stuff i i know they kind of like in 3 they move off of pandora a bit too and uh, for whatever reason i ended up skipping that but it, this seems like fresh enough for me that it's that it's the right time for me to jump back in cool and blake what you just you look so pretty <laughs> down there thank you i like your sweatshirt yeah. thank you uh, yeah, did you work there yeah i did work there <laughs> During my time in Napa Valley. Yeah. Um, game sounds great. Uh, Borderlands, not for me. Probably not going to check it out, but yeah. sounds cool. Yeah. Well, but... all of you should come over. We should all hang out, play games. Blake, I'll like hand you a switch. I'll play <laughs> if we can have a party at Reiner's house. Let's okay. do it. There we go. I do my need to get some TVs off of Craigslist. Yeah. To make this happen. I will dollars TVs. Yeah. <laughs> Someone have like a router that we can bring. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we can bring a couple. So all right, great. Uh Reiner, any parting thoughts before uh we, we move off of Tiny Tina here? I just really enjoyed it. You know, like I I I <laughs> I had a, a blast playing it and I can't wait to dive back into it. You know, there's a there's a nice post-game uh endless dungeon that uh oh, yeah. increases in difficulty. Even they even have Will Arnett do the tutorial for you, which is fantastic. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there's like a myth rank you unlock at level 40, gives you more perks and stuff like that. And um, there's multi-class, you know, you can you re-roll your class after you beat the game. So you can, uh, you know, mess with that in different ways. But yeah, melding two classes together, you become even more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to like about this game. Cool. What did you give it? Uh, 9.5 out of 10. Nine five. There you go. Uh, I give two scores. I give a seven and a nine five. That's <laughs> that's it. That's all, that's all, that's all the man's got. The Reiner score. <laughs> I do. I did watch. Uh, someone made a comment on an old episode of Replay. It was like it was Batman. Oh, I can't remember what. Like lost something or other. But you gave it like a point seven five. I was like, Andrew Reiner. Yeah. Did they yeah, get yeah. scores the goes down? <laughs> Yeah, Hello? that game was not playable. <laughs> it gets a point seven five for having Batman on the box. And yeah, then, right. You know, it, otherwise, it's a complete failure. I watched. I watched like seven minutes of y'all trying to get off that rooftop, and I was like, "This is the greatest game ever." Oh yeah, he's <laughs> ever made. Yeah. Shot as he's laying on the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's how you take down Batman. If he's down, yeah, right. take him out. <laughs> the game got it right. I yeah. got it wrong in the review. It's a ten. <laughs> exactly uh speaking of batman uh you want to plug your podcast real quick i don't know if you've got a chance to do that on the gi show here yeah no. we have a new podcast my friend phil hoff and i we've been lifelong comic readers you know as since the age of eight i think both of us and it's called from panel to podcast we break down the week's news and comic books so video games movies tv shows and then we review each comic book that we read let you know if you should pick it up yourself. Yeah. Every week, every Tuesday, we, we drop new episodes. Cool. Exciting stuff. All right. Well, Reiner has to go find a new baseball team to cheer for because the Cubs are Ooh. bad. So we'll see you uh, on the In next the World Series. You say, yeah. Blue? Welcome back to a GI show that can only be described as chaotic evil probably at this point yeah i think so yeah i think so uh let's move on to the playlist here which i'm sure the chaos will continue to prevail a lot of games this week literally on this on the same day 
which I don't understand why we're still doing this, but it is what it is. So we talked about Tiny Tina, and now, ooh, which one do I want to pick? Let's do, let's do, let's get it out of the way. Ghostwire Tokyo, Blake. Let's get into it. That's right, Alex. I did beat Elden Ring last night. That's okay. what you want to talk about? I'm talking about that. Uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of grief over the years. People be like, oh, you don't like Souls games because you're not good. Guess what? I beat it. He got right. good. He I, got good. I am the what? Elden Lord. I Most... get maidens. <laughs> don't get it twisted. I beat the game. Hey, Blake, can I, you I'll tell you what I did. Face? Thank you. Huh? Said, I'll tell you, you what I did. Your face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I did. I just want. What did you do? What did you do? The Elden Beast first try. That is no a spoiler, Blake. Okay, I first can't. off, I one can't. word of Elden Beast is on the box of the game. Second off, <laughs> Beast could be anything. Everything in that game is an ugly beast. That's true. That's Ooh, a different boss. Messing up the world lands between. Uh, yeah, so I, I review Ghostwire Tokyo, the <laughs> new game from <laughs> Tango Gameworks. Uh, you might you might know them as the studio Shinji Mikami founded uh, after spending nearly two decades at Capcom and then a brief little period uh, contracting for Platinum Games and also Grasshopper, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, he he set up that studio. They did the Evil Within games. He directed the first one. Joe, some other people directed the other games. Uh, Ghostwire came out. I played it. Alex Van Stadnik is gone, which is great because he's not hosting. Which <laughs> he's is great. Right here. Which is great. Not here. I, was, I thought he's gonna ask me questions about how I felt about the game, and he's like, "Oh, I'm out. Blake's got to host now." Hey, hey Blake. to the Game Informer show. Hey, buddy. What's you good? That? You good? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, okay, good. I'm just checking, you know. Uh, let's start with the story. What is the, what is the story of this game, and did you like it? No. I, mean, <laughs> I did not like it. It's just like, I don't It's nothing. What uh, is the you, fir- what, first part of the question? What is the story for the people who don't know? You play as this dude, Akito. He wakes up in Shibuya Scramble. Uh, I think he got in a motorcycle accident. And the most, everyone around him is just disappearing. And he's like, oh, not great. I don't like what's happening here. And then, like, for reasons never fully explained, he's possessed by a ghost named KK. Uh, And then Spider. Love him. Love his work. Or, you know what I've been thinking is the Hmm. director of this game is Kenji Kimura, KK. Oh, um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um, and then for the, you have then you have elemental powers, and everyone in Tokyo is gone, and they're replaced with creepy ghosts and yokai. Mm. Okay. And Akito's like, "God save my sister," and KK's like, "God save the world," and then you do it. Spoilers. Then, <laughs> spoiler. Spoilers. Spoiler. Yeah. Like, look, it, it's it's not great. It's not bad. It's just it just is. It's not yeah. interesting, but okay. it gets you from point. A it's to very point. predictable. Yeah. Every beat. Okay. You're like, OK, mm-hmm. yeah. I know what happens. See where next. this is going. Yeah. yeah. OK, I got you. But you were pretty high on this game. So was it the combat that? No, no. OK, <laughs> what what is, what is it about um, Ghostwire that that you enjoy? I don't know. I feel like if you go to GameInformer.com, you read my review. I, I, I maybe over explained the the. Uh, frustrations i was having with writing the review um not with the game with the review specifically where i was playing it and i was like you know a lot of this is a mediocre at best and yet 
I I love this game. I'm all about it. But I think, you know, and I tried to put this in my text. I tried to be honest with the reader. I was like, I'm not really sure if you will enjoy it. I'm not going to go out here and say it's a great game because there's a lot in it that's subpar on a good day. You know, the stories, whatever. I mean, that's pretty standard for most video games, which also have bad stories. Uh, but the like combat is kind of clunky. Mm-hmm. Uh, the for the the formula of the game is basically Far Cry, but in Japan. But it, it just like really hit me, you know. I think um, I think the things it does well, it does better than most games. And you know, maybe I was more charitable the week I played it, or maybe or whatever the case might be. But it outweighed a lot of that like kind of bland stuff for me, and became like a game I was really stoked to be playing every time I was playing it. It helps that I beat the game in 14 hours, which is not very long. It's a bleak uh, length there, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that really helps. But, like, the world is just great. Um, mm. it, it very much has... Uh, I, I feel like the closest thing I could compare it to is the the Yakuza open worlds. Uh, Kamurocho, obviously, but Dotenbori. There's several others they've done throughout the years. Um, in terms of just raw density of buildings and things going on like this game takes place in shibuya which is a very highly populated part of tokyo um it literally opens in shibuya scramble which you've seen it's that wild crosswalk um i i absolutely loved the world i loved walking around and even though there wasn't a ton to do um i think just the actual environmental design is really strong the rapture happens in the game it's the first cut scene and so Basically, aside from creepy ghosts, you are the only human in Shibuya. Uh, and that's really cool. And they represent it by like, if you've ever seen like old Rapture movies, you'll see people's clothes fall to the ground because it's like, why are you going to bring your t-shirt to limbo with you? Right. That's everywhere. And it's such a cool touch. You'll go like to Shibuya Scramble or you can go down in the subways or areas where you could tell there would be a lot of people standing around and it's just littered with clothes. And like because everyone just vanished and you, the game starts, you know, one second after everything in the city is still functioning. So all the lights are still on, you know, uh, like speaker systems are playing announcements and music and you can go in the subway and all the shops are still open. Like it really, really sells that world. It's very creepy and eerie in a way I just like never got sick of. Um, and also the ghost design is like so cool. Um, I, I it's, I, it's based in in Japanese folklore, right? It a lot is, of the yeah, are, yeah. It is, and I think they like modernize it in some really cool ways. Um, so there's, there's the historical element. I think also like they're drawing from a lot of a more contemporary Japanese horror, which for most Western audiences, I'm not not including myself here, is usually just women with very long black hair. Mm. There's a lot of that in the game. It's but it's really cool to see them kind of take these historical you know stories and modernize them because the game does take place in modern day and it's like okay so what would you know these yokai look like if they were here now as opposed to you know uh hundreds of years ago i think all that stuff is great um and honestly it just outweighed the bad for me which i don't know i i gave it an eight which on the game informer scale is whatever it is it's good um I, I, I definitely wrestled with giving it a lower score, but uh, my wonderful editors, including John Carson himself, mm. uh, said it read like an eight. So that was what I ended up giving. Okay. 
Yeah, you were also you said you were wrestling with giving it a higher score too, but like <laughs> just despite the uh yeah. the qualms that you had with it, like there you had a lot of glowing things to say about like the mm -hmm. world and the, yeah. the creepiness that it that it exudes. So I think like like I tried Far Cry six and it was mm -hmm. just like it just didn't do it for me. But like I don't inherently not like that formula. I'm just using Far Cry as an example because it's the bigger mm -hmm. of them. Um I think like if you can give me a setting I'm really drawn to, I will still like be fine with going through the motions. Check which is uh, kind of, yeah, 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 exactly. Which is kind of what these games are. And so for a setting to like really interest me and like environmental and character designs to really interest me, like it's going to kind of outweigh some of the things that are pretty bland. Um, I think it's worth checking out. Um, mm -hmm. I saw I, I saw some comments being like, ah, well, you know, I'll probably check it out. I know it's like it's not game of the year material, but still maybe. And I'm like, well, I think that's kind of a really dumb way to think about. Yeah, we consuming get, art we like just, get out of that mindset. Yeah. And I mean, we're honestly we're just as guilty of it, too. How many times? Yeah, yeah. Do we immediately forget about a game because it didn't score? It's like, oh, is this, is this worth spending time with? Yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah. most games are probably worth spending time with just to experience yeah. it. I think, like, be okay with a B-rate game. I don't mean that as, like, a negative. Just, like, you know, there's A movies, there's B movies. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, be okay with that and realize, like, even though you're not getting freaking Elden Ring or whatever, some genre defining what whoever the hell cares, like you're still getting a really cool experience out of that. Like, like uh, the pretensions that you only have to play the greatest breath of the wild thing of all time, you know? And I think you'll, you'll get a really good kick out of it, especially, I don't hate to say this, if you can buy it on sale or if it ever hits Game Pass, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm smitten with this game. I think it's awesome. I'm yeah. not going to act like it's uh, doesn't really lack in a lot of ways. And I think people will not be as forgiving as I was because of that, which is completely fine and within your right. Uh, for but sure. for me, it hit. Okay. Probably helped well, I was playing Elden Ring at the same time. It was like smooth brain game while I was playing <laughs> that game. Right, yeah. Do you, I, we can, we'll get off of this in a second here, but I, my final question to you is you, you said in your review, right, you don't recommend this to everyone. Right. Who do, who do you recommend this to? Like, who do you? Freaks. <laughs> sickos? Yeah. Sickos like me? Yeah. I mean, like, I think, I think if you, it's a weird question. It's, it really... seems like a, a good game that like should have a demo. Sure, to, yeah. To, to I, like gauge interest at all. This is a this is maybe a problem with me. I rarely think about my audience when I'm writing. Um, mm. Who do I think this game is for? Probably just people like you know. There's an exhausting quality to a game coming out, and everybody be like, "This is it, man. This is the <laughs> one." It's like it's kind of exhausting to be like. Oh, if I'm gonna play Elden Ring, I gotta really give it all my emotion, and that's how I felt playing Elden Ring. Was like right. I had to give it all my time and all my thought. And there's something appealing to being like, "Is this other side game? It's not gonna take me long to beat. It's gonna be really cool for a very brief amount of time." I think if you're kind of craving that, then this is gonna be your game. You know what I'm saying? Like for sure. I don't think you have to give it the emotional investment you do some games that come out that like get such high praise. Like if you just if you just want a weekend game where you're like, yeah, that was really cool. And then it was over and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Like this is going to be your thing. Um, cool. And that's what it was for me. 14 cool. hours. Can't beat that.
Yeah, that's great. I uh, especially after Elden Ring, I'm looking for smaller chunks of games um and that would be that yeah. would definitely fall into that so um reviews on the site gameinformer.com mm-hmm. video review is on the site or on the youtube page youtube.com slash gameinformer shout out to alex van aiken for What's that up? um and then uh yeah i'm uh we have we have two ngts up on that too so if you want a little two? bit more uh two two chains um if you want some more context around the game definitely go check those out so John Carson, we'll yes. go to you now. The other Hello. game that's releasing Friday. All these mm-hmm. games on Friday, I don't understand why. Um, you played uh, Kirby, The Forgotten Land, yeah. which uh, went from like, oh, that's what they're doing, to like one of my more hyped games of the spring. Uh, how did it turn out? What were your initial thoughts on it, John? Yeah, uh, I think Kirby and The Forgotten Land is really great. It's So the the worry, my main worry going into it was, all right, this is Kirby's first like actual 3D adventure. Like they've they've done like 3D side games and stuff before, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> um, but they they're 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 doing Kirby in 3D for the first time. They're dropping them in a world that looks kind of like ours. That's like post-apocalyptic and has um, like Kirby's going through uh, like overgrown malls and like deserted theme parks and factories and all this stuff. And it's it's a little bit like unsettling that, to see it in in trailers and in pictures, but like playing that game, like you still get like the joy and curiosity and fun of a regular Kirby title, but just like in this new interesting setting um, that that he hasn't really been to before. Um, I I think I I really love just about everything that it does. Um, I love the world. I love the way it looks. I love the way it plays. Like. The translation of Kirby's moveset to 3D, just like it feels natural. Like you're, like he has his his regular like jumping and flying and and like floating that that he does. That feels good. Um, he can vacuum in enemies and and take some of their abilities. That like the whole copy ability uh, system is still there as well. Um, and, and all that feels great. Um, what were you gonna it's, say? it's been iterated on right too because it's it's not just the same old sucking things up like you can mm-hmm. upgrade these b- abilities correct yeah so there's there's probably a smaller amount of like base powers in the game than there would be in other kirby games but each of these can be uh like you can find blueprints and and pay uh like a different currencies to upgrade them or evolve them into different models so uh the the one i put in the example I put in my review was the bomb ability. Like normally Kirby can toss out like five or six bombs in like different directions and like roll them or, or toss them. Like there's each of the abilities has like actually a surprising amount of moves to them. Um, But when you evolve the bomb skill to like the next level, you get uh, bombs that you can chain together. Mm -hmm. And if you have a certain amount of bombs in in a specific area, they'll uh they'll explode for longer and they'll explode uh with like bigger explosions uh there's another one above that that is a homing bomb which still does the chain stuff but it also like seeks out where wherever the closest enemy is and starts heading towards those okay um but you can also like go back to the item shop and go back to previous versions if you want to like they all have their own little benefits like blast power or, or like uh attack speed and, and whatnot so you could kind of play around with which of these powers you like the most and 
whenever you see like the the fire ability like oh i want the dragon or i want the the volcano like magma version like you can you can pick that ahead of time and whenever you run into that in in the levels then you'll have whichever one that you've chosen um okay. yeah th there's a there's a ton of variety there um and all of those all of those powers are given like special like challenge levels called treasure road levels and those are like timed missions where you're just supposed to like they give you whatever the power is and you just have to like puzzle your way through it or uh, just find your way to the end of the level using that power in its specific manner uh, to, to get through. But you kind of have to do those levels to upgrade the powers because they give you these things called rare stones that you use to uh, to buy the upgrades. Right. Are they and those stones are not in the main levels? Uh, I found I found some hidden in places okay. um, and there are rewards elsewhere in the game where you can find them, but they are primarily from those treasure road levels. Got it. So, okay. Kind of like learning, learning those abilities and like using those properly in those levels feeds into evolving other abilities. It's cool. it's kind of a, 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 a fun loop, I, I think, there. So for sure. In in your review, you talk about how the game is not inherently that challenging. This is a kid's game. Right. It, it is very much for for all ages. Um, it does have co-op as well. So you can bring in a second person who controls uh, Bandana Waddledy, who oh, cool. uh, who like throws spears and stuff at, at, <laughs> at enemies. Um, cool. I don't I don't think that Waddledy can like take any other copy abilities, but if you, if you have like a, a a young child that you want to tag along or a significant other that that wants to play with you like just give them a controller and have them control whichever character they want to play and you can play sure. it through it together there there are two there are two difficulty modes as well i was playing on the harder difficulty called wild mode Ooh, um and okay. that is like they give you more like coin rewards for finishing levels and uh very minor rewards like that but like even on on that difficulty it was a very very easy game to get through um okay. and and to uh rub it in blake's face this game is about 12 hours long so it can get better than 14 wow uh, you got anything to say about that he's talking to his my dog right now i'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> um uh, speaking to the challenge of that experience, so how are the yeah. bosses? Because I think that was one of the exciting things coming into this is yeah. the Kirby bosses are, you know, known for their scale, right? As much mm -hmm. as they can be in the S and SNES like Game Boy days, right? How yeah. were how were those experiences? Those are fun. I was a little bit worried when I came across the first boss, which, which is like this big gorilla, and I was just kind of mashing whatever ability that I had against him. Like, yeah, he'll he'll like pound the ground and like there'll be like shockwaves that that uh, radiate out and you have to dodge those but like he was super easy but each subsequent boss they they play very differently and and kind of going between this and elden ring like they were like i was kind of seeing like this these kind of feel like souls bosses a little bit like simplified souls bosses mm -hmm. um and they add like more uh utility to kirby's moveset so like there is a there is a block, there is a dodge, and if you like dodge at the right time, it'll slow down time and you can oh, cool. do like counterattacks and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, which I actually would never use on any of the, the regular levels, but I've I found myself using on the bosses quite a bit. Um cool. one thing we haven't talked about yet is is the big new thing with, with this Kirby game outside of the, the 3D platforming stuff. It's mouthful mode. 
<laughs> and that's yep. uh that's Kirby uh shoving large objects into his mouth and uh <laughs> taking those properties to them and how like, is what it? <laughs> what's what's going on over there? You doing all right? I think I just had a hot flash. As you were. Yes. Yeah. Um, how does how do they work in practice? Like, you know, yeah. we were all excited when we saw the trailer, but it's like, how yeah. does it actually work on a gameplay level? Yeah, I think they're they're a lot of fun. So there are uh, usually mouthful objects uh, lying around the level. There's usually like at least one portion of a level that'll have something, and it'll be uh, the first one you come across is like a rusted out beetle car uh, that Kirby just. Uh, inhales out of instinct and uh, starts driving around as a car with his little feet hanging off the back. Um, but there's there's stuff like uh, giant light bulbs that you'll use in really dark levels to like illuminate the the scenery, and you'll have kind of like boo like uh, enemies who will chase you if you have the light on. Um, My favorite so one. Uh, there's a boat that you can jump on, and you oh, are. Yeah. You have you're essentially shooting air out of your mouth and mm -hmm. you don't realize like there's like windmills around the map that you're like using to uh, move around parts of the environment. And then uh, in one of those, like you pull up a like a a boat that comes out of nowhere and you're like, oh, and then you jump on the boat and then you're, it clicks in your brain. And you're like, oh, my God, the wind. I'm shooting wind out of my mouth. Yeah. And then you were suddenly a motorboat and shooting yourself around the environment on water via boat. It's so, so cool. Yeah, they, nice. play, they play with those things a lot. And it's like some, some of the mouthful objects, like there's, there's like globes that, that will like, that Kirby will, I don't know, sho shove into his mouth and then like wiggle free, <laughs> like wiggle the top of it free. Yeah. And uh, there'll be like an item inside. Or uh, there's storage lockers that he'll do the same thing for and uh basically the only interaction is for kirby to knock it over so you can see something behind it or get to another thing behind it cool. um but there's there's also different puzzle uh different puzzles in the environment like oh you'll see like a triangle on the wall um and you realize like oh i need to find a cone so i can do like the the mouthful cone kirby to then shove that triangle cone into this triangle piece and, and solve a puzzle that way. So they, they play around with that system quite a bit. And it's uh, surprisingly not uh, not boring halfway through. Like, the, like they just keep finding ways of making that that interesting and fun. So cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, oh. what, one thing that I, I don't know if I could fully talk about this at the moment because of embargoes and whatnot. But um, mm. I, I feel like Nintendo's really getting the hang of making super exciting uh closing chapters to their games uh like if you look at mario odyssey like the whole spoilers for mario odyssey like the whole last level uh taking over bowser with cappy and like doing that grand escape um or the the final portion of um of bowser's fury bowser's fury or or metroid dread when you're just like super powerful and like do like it's it's like this really fun emotional like moment where everything comes to a crescendo and like you're grinning ear to ear about like what's happening on the screen like kirby kirby has a moment like that as well and so like by the end of the game i like i was riding so high on on, on the experiences nice. it was a, a ton of fun good 
I'm very happy to hear that. I wasn't sure. This, this was a, a step for them, right? Outside of a couple of random offshoot Kirby games. Like this yeah. is the first 3D adventure. And it sounds right. like a lot of those risks paid off, which is Absolutely. very exciting. And so. I, I would say like it, it doesn't hit like the highs of like a Mario Odyssey um, or like a Mario Galaxy even. But it it is like more similar to a Mario 3D world. Mm-hmm. Now kind of treat it like that, like. If you have other games that you're playing too, just like pick this up for a level or two and just like let this be your side game and you're okay. going to enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, even if it's your main game, if you just want to blow through it in a weekend, do it like whatever. Yeah. There you go. Cool. It, it goes back to Blake's point, right? Not everything needs to be Galaxy or, you know, or Odyssey or right. you said 3D World, though. But there's a there's a certain person on our news team who uh, don't, don't even bring this up. 3D World's great. It is not the best Mario game. game. Don't even give Wes the satisfaction of (laughs) using your... He's a sicko, dude. Yeah. Do you you want to give out Wes's email address, by the the way, since you're giving out everyone else's? WesLeBlancGameInformer.com Perfect, thank you. I don't feel bad giving out our email address. (laughs) It's literally on all of our Twitter pages. (laughs) Cool. What'd you give? I'll dox my coworkers. Thank you. We know that's that's how you show love. Uh, I gave it a nine. I gave Kirby a nine. Uh, It's a nine out of ten. It's a good score. This game's this game's awesome. Uh, You should you should play it. Don't don't let it get lost in the mix this year. There's a lot of great stuff out. If you look at really any of our reviews from this year, it's just been banger after banger after banger every week for the last like two months. So. I saw a comment on YouTube that said the only site, the only score this site gives out is a nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I replied, um, you have to go to YouTube to find out what I said. Oh, I gave go. Ghostwire oh. an eight. I'm not even going to tell you what video it was. You just have to go and watch all you the videos. Yeah, you have to go look in. Cool. Scour <laughs> the, the loads yeah, I, of comments. I gave I Lost Ark like an eight two five. Like, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> can't tell them that. They have to go look. I'm actually going to go look right now. I'm going uh, I'm to go check out the YouTube page. So Great. I'll be right back. All right. Was that how you were ending this segment? (laughs) Well, it was. That was it. And then I realized it was bad. So. And welcome back to the Game Informer Show. It is time for listener emails. But of course, you know that before listener emails is housekeeping. This is the part of the show where we tell you what's going on in the world of Game Informer. We start off every week. Uh, with a new podcast review. Of course, if you enjoy the show and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It really helps us out um, and has really been instrumental in helping us uh, you know, climb the charts. People subscribing and reviewing it, it it's a great thing. Uh, if you're on Spotify, you can uh, rate us. Um, so thank you, everybody. Appreciate you. Uh, this week's review comes in from Nate Torres 98 a five-star review saying, Mailman Walkin'. That's the subject line. And I, it's in all caps, and I just can't help but think that uh, Nate wanted me to read it in a New York accent. Mailman walk in here. Like, the, I don't know. Mailman walk in. Nope, you're in character. Keep going. Mailman walk in here. Hey, guys. My name's Nate. I'm from Salem, New Hampshire. I walk, in, I walk in Wakefield as a mailman, and I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. Sad face that Ben left. My favorite game is the Sly Cooper series. Have a wonderful day. I now now let's do a take as Christopher Walken. Oh, God. oh there you go, not mailman. Um, um, yeah, um, but mail he's a mailman. Walken. Hey guys, my name is <laughs> Nate. I'm from Salem, New Hampshire. 
I work in Wakefield as a mailman, and I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. Oh, you're going to keep going. Yeah. Sad face that been left. My favorite game <laughs> is the Sly Cooper series. Have a wonderful day. I don't know. You, told, you said screw it at the end of usually you're. I've never done a. That's my first time ever doing a walking impression. It's a, you know, yeah. you know, it's a, it's like a good. You did it. Six out of ten. But yeah, yeah. I, I approve. Walking yeah. Wakefield as a mailman. I don't know. Dab him in the face with a soldering iron. Yeah. Nate, thank you for that five star review, my friend. Uh, and thank you, everybody else who's left a review recently. We've got some new ones coming in. Uh, of course, if you want us to shout you out on the show, go leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts and we'll be sure to do so. Uh, weekly streams this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, 2 p.m. Central, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Um, I think we're going to be checking out Tiny Tina, maybe? That'd be cool. Uh, we'll no? see. On maybe we'll maybe the Friday slot, maybe. We're, we're still figuring. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. At this point, I'm just throwing out game names. Uh, Fortnite, I like Fortnite. New season's out. Ooh, Kirby. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can stream that till the game's out. Oh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of cool games coming up. So expect to see a cool Twitch stream. Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Uh, notable YouTube videos this week. We've got a lot of reviews out. We've got three. We've got Ghostwire Tokyo review out. Four. Three? Okay. Yeah, okay. Alex put thumbs up. And I was. Oh, no. I did. Th- I thought I did three. Yeah. I thought your oh. index finger was just like an, a fourth. Right. I thought you just had a short index finger, you know? Um, Ghostwire, Kirby, Tiny Tina. We've got video reviews for all of those up on the YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been great. We also have more Forspoken uh, videos up there, exclusive gameplay, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so head over to youtube.com slash Game Informer. Uh, don't forget to follow the crew here on social media. He's not here anymore, but you can follow our boss, Andrew Reiner, at Andrew underscore Reiner. Follow Mr. John Carson at John underscore Carson. Follow Blake at Metallica is rad. Follow Alex Stadnick at Studnick76, and you can follow me at It's Van Aken. Lastly, listen to all of our video game podcasts, video gameography, all things Nintendo, and from panel to podcast. Alex, over to you. Listener, emails. Here we go, folks. This is the time of the show where you get to write in, and we get to talk. You know, have a little dialogue. You can let mm. us know your questions, thoughts, concerns. A lot of you sent in nightmares, which I appreciate, and I'm sorry you're not sleeping well. Um, but the community emails have been a lot of fun, uh, as it always is, but especially like last week's I had, we had a lot of fun with, if you, if you missed it, go check it out. So, um, Alex Van Aken, I know, I know people can send in their questions to podcast at gameinformer.com, but yeah. like how else, like there's gotta be another way, right? I mean, discord, Alex, like oh. if they go to twitch.tv slash game informer and subscribe, that gets them access to the Discord server. They just have to open up the Discord Ooh, app, sync okay. their Discord and their Twitch accounts together, and then in the Discord integrations, our server should appear, and they can join the server and ask questions about the show, talk with the community, and just have a great time. Or uh, they can also prey on my fear of Animal the Muppet and send yeah. scary images of him. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah, yeah. We, bl- we banned that guy. It's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Going on uh, this week, we've got some good questions here. Uh, first up from Shi uh, Fujio. Stop. No, he is terrifying. Get him out of here. God. Anyways. Shi Fujui. Shi Fujui says, Today I learned Minnesotans say duck, duck, gray duck, which is the pr- uh, right pronunciation, instead of duck, oh. duck, goose. Uh, what I, is your favorite regionalism? 
Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that before. Duck Duck Grey Duck sounds so much better than Duck Duck Goose. No, I, hold up. First it flows off, off the tongue better, 100%. What do you got, First Blake? off, Stadnik, hush. <laughs> Did you just hush me on our own show? Yeah, and I'll do it again. I'm not from Minnesota, but I live here. Y'all mm-hmm. say some dumb shit around here. <laughs> like what? All right, let's get right, into it. Like what? Off, y'all call soda pop dumb. Yeah. I agreed. You hey, can I have a pop? You intentionally no. mispronounce words. It's roof, not roof. Roof. Okay, well, you're, you're all right. Yeah, okay, continue. Y'all yeah. say all kinds of dumb stuff around here. They I mean, say, okay. They call a library. They say library. Yeah. Uh, they say. Who are you uh, hanging out with? Col- no, instead of Colorado, they said Colorado. With no, instead of just lying many, now. Instead of Minneapolis, they call it Minneapolis. Yeah, okay. they had another yeah, no, that, they, yeah, that, that checks out. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry that these people find it appropriate to lie to you about uh, culturalisms and regionalisms, but no one colloquialisms that too. Culturisms, um, culturisms. culturisms. <laughs> uh, y'all are just like hanging out with the wrong people, man. Um, we hang out with you. Correct. You're the That's only what I'm saying. I, yeah. You and Blake are the only people I hang out with. What do you say? I say many times. John Carson and Dan Tack. Yeah. I mean. You should call me up more often, but well, yeah, you call John more often than we call Alex. Yeah, <laughs> I don't nowhere... know if you, I don't know if you're going to get anything better from me though. <laughs> no, it's nowhere near as dumb as Bubbler. Let's just throw that one. Well, out listen, there. all right, yeah. So, so, all right, all right. You call up my bubble. homeland. Yep. Uh, so I'm I'm of course from Milwaukee originally. So we we have a what? few of these things. Um, Bubbler, uh, Bubbler is a water fountain that you would drink from. Um. So- don't I don't really know the the where that comes from, but hey, it, those are 100% bubblers in in my world. 100% uh, dumb. Al- also, we have time machines, uh, which are uh, ATMs. It's it's spelled T Y M E. That's they were all just time machines. Wait, up. are you for real? Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, I'm gonna go take out some cash from the time machine because like the brand was time. Uh. Yeah, so we have we have those those two. I think those are maybe the big offenders, but uh, yeah, we we call soda soda. Uh, oh, we yeah. call it duck duck goose, like you should. Um, duck duck yeah. great duck just rolls off the tongue better. No, it like, doesn't. You have to no, say another you're word. You're fitting more words. That doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't sound better. Duck duck, duck, duck great duck. Duck duck. It's just like it sounds. Duck lazy, duck great duck. You know? Duck duck great duck. Duck, 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 goose. Duck, duck, goose Whoa. is more inclusive. That was it, that. Was... It brings in an, an entirely new bird species oh. to the mix. Oh, oh this f- show. <laughs> okay, first off, Alex, uh, let me let me put on my editor hat here. Less words, always better for clarity. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. That's, okay. I mean, what more do you need? That's you work, the argument. You work for one of right the largest there. print publications in the entire world. You should Listen, know. I'm going to offer this clarity. I'm saying sounding better, rolling gonna, off the tongue. Claire, can I offer an olive branch here? Can we make the change today for Minnesota duck. to make a better Minnesota that it's duck, duck, loon? Because the loon <laughs> no. is the state bird. Oh, wait. No. Duck, duck, gray goose. Cause it's the party central, baby. No, I'm I'm so I'm sober. Oh dang it! Uh, uh, yeah, and we're gonna you need never told me that. We're gonna need you know at least what? four more hours to workshop this, guys. You know what the problem with Minnesota <laughs> is? Uh, is? Yes, 
as we're many- so we're so damn close to Canada where they got the dumbest words in history. Loonies, like, toonies, toonies. toonies. Do you know what they call a garbage disposal over there? Uh uh-uh. uh. A garburator. <laughs> I actually, I I'm actually really like Garburator. That, not that's a Pokemon, up. isn't it? Uh, yeah. Haley yeah. McLean told me this, who lives in Canada. Mm-hmm. And what happens is because we're so close to Canada, their their idiot words are trickling down to this idiot state. Well, I'm from Louisville, where we. I was say gonna say, things. what are you talking about? You, your biggest claim to fame is bats. Like, like what are we talking about here? So you by- got okay. First off, you got. Oh, you have an MLB team here, and I bet all of them are thanking my city for the bats we make, the Louisville Slugger. And y'all Every got that sick-ass Carrie Underwood song out of it. By So by by your logic there, does the dumbest things trickle down to you? No, your no. State? We okay. don't say dumb things. I don't even, <laughs> we don't have, like, the only thing we say is we have the contraction y'all, which, like, used I, to be. I, I like it. People used to be like, hey, it's not a word. And it's like, well, Webster's recognized that and ain't. And that's like the two we use the most. Y'all and ain't. You're set. There you go. Yeah. I yeah, like that being question. from Virginia, that's the same for me. Yeah. Y'all and ain't. There you go. We have yes, a grasp so. of the English language. We're not making it up as we go, like you northerners. Also, in the <laughs> South, they call all pop Coke. So it's like, what the hell are we no, even we discussing don't. here? No, we call yes, it soda. soda. All right, Alex, whatever. where have you been in the South? I've been to Florida. Been to Illinois. Count. Doesn't count. I hate this episode. I'm Ohio. just going to throw it Florida is not I hate this, this episode. Yeah. Florida is Florida. Moving on. Also, I like that the question was what was our favorite regionalism, and we just it's, spent the whole time on Minnesota. I, I, I gave you mine. It's Bubbler and Time Machine. Yeah. What is Johnny. your favorite uh, one, Alex? I don't care anymore. I'm over this question. Moving on. <laughs> I like Garburator. Uh, yeah. Um, Noah on Discord. Says, you're a kid. It's mm-hmm. Saturday, and you're playing Vigi games, as you do on Saturday. Um, your mom slash parent slash guardian brings you awesome food to eat while you play. What are you eating, and what are you playing? Let's take you back, right? We're going we're gonna to bring oh, yeah. it back. Uh, back to the glory days, hey, right? Uh, Dad, can I, can I have my friend Mike uh, stay over? You finish your homework? I mean, kind of. It's... But- what fantasy is this? Yeah, can we not do some like son daddy stuff on the show? <laughs> John's got some some demons to uh, to get uh, out here. Yeah. Uh, no, I I would probably like let's let's say that's the situation. I have a friend over. Mm-hmm. We built we built a, a cool fort in the living room. Uh, we're sitting there. We're playing some toe jam and Earl. We're we're doing co op. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm Earl. He's toe jam. We're we're trying to get through these levels. Uh, okay. Snack wise. I don't know, like some bagel bites. Mm. Give me, give me some nachos. Yeah, there we go. Uh, maybe, maybe a frozen pizza. I, it doesn't take love, much. Love some bagel bites. Yeah, yeah, very nice. And I'm a, I'm a doubt myself as a freak here. Oh, you haven't done that already. Name seven times I've done it, Alex. <laughs> we did this in the car the other day. I can't remember what we were talking about. Oh, uh, never mind. Yeah, continue. Yeah, it was your <laughs> seven favorite things about Blake. <laughs> I couldn't name them. I think if my mom's making me a treat, she's making me one or two things, perhaps both, because I'm an only child, spoiled rotten. <laughs> that is deviled eggs. <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting deviled eggs. Okay, yeah. Or chicken salad, my two favorite foods. Sure. Okay. Uh, All right. And what am I playing? Probably Lots of mayo, right? Oh, mayo yeah, I, I love mayonnaise, dude. It's Man- a great mayo condiment. Is great. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what am I playing? Uh, probably Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Oh, sick. First one? First one, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The good okay. one. The rest of them. You haven't played the rest of them. Alex Van Aken. I played two and Dream Drop Distance and three and not Dream Drop Distance. I played the one that was on GBA that they remade on PS2. Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories. Yeah, yeah. it's a bad, bad game. Yeah, I don't like Jim. It's a card game though, so it it bumps it up like three points. Like it I said, it, it's a card game. Bad, bad game. <laughs> bad game. Yeah. Eva, uh, how about you? How old am I supposed to be in this scenario? Your kid. Uh, give us, give us whatever your heart desires in this one. I'm 11 years old. It's a Saturday morning. I'm playing Mech Assault 2, Lone Wolf on Xbox. With the girl that I thought was my girlfriend at the time. Um, don't even remember her name. Um, and my grandma, because my mom's at work. My grandma brings me some Oreos mm. with peanut butter. Yeah. You dip the Oreos in the peanut butter. Uh, or some bagel bites, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Give, me, give maybe, me a tray, pop them in the microwave. Maybe if it's yeah. if it's Saturday night, you know, grandma's starting to cook dinner. Oh, we got the stuffed tomatoes with some parmesan, oregano, uh, and some breadcrumbs. Uh, ooh wee. Ooh, ooh, ooh wee. <laughs> yeah, that sounds nice. Boy, were those dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, hold up. Oreos and peanut butter. Yeah, you never yeah, watched Parent Trap? Chocolate peanut butter. Which one? Parent the the I guess the the Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan one, yeah, the yeah, best okay. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, she. You I don't know. I don't know. Haley Mills had a had a pretty good run at it. I'm not. I'm not debating Parent Trap on this <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> Bro, I'm dunking my Oreos in milk only, and I'm milk doing only. it till till they get soggy, 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 just yeah. to the point they're about to break off, and then I'm letting it just melt on my tongue, and I'm mm. mashing it all in there. Here, um, here's a here's the thing we can argue about too: double stuff or regular? Double. Neither. What you just like? Have just the 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 cookie part? What do you mean, neither? No, actually, yeah, I I would actually just rather have the cookie part. I think the the frosting and an Oreo is overrated. You're a monster. What is wrong with you? You're a monster. <laughs> this is community email getting violent. But, but uh, sing, single <laughs> yeah. stuff. If we're if we're gonna if we're gonna go there, single stuff. You know what I got recently from the Uptown Lunds and Byerly mm-hmm. is the mini a bag of mini Oreos. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Underrated, okay. underrated. underrated. Oreo thins also very yeah. good. Uh, flavor. Now you're crazy. Yeah. Here's the thing: people won't talk about the Lunds and Byerly Bakery section out of control. Unreal. Unreal. Oh, totally. Get, so get, some, good. get some donuts there. We get donuts there like every nah, week. I usually get the cookies. The cookies, mm. bro. Oh my god! Don't even get the M M&M and M cookies. The M M&M and M cookies yeah. that I've looked because I was like, are they making these M and Ms in house? And they're just standard M and Ms. Yeah, but like they're doing something to them because they taste different. They are. Yeah. It's like a brighter chocolate. Mm-hmm. You know it's what I'm talking so about? Good. I've read two yeah. Anthony Bourdain books. I know how to talk about food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. I was going to say. Yeah, how about I, you? I guess I have one. Let me set the scene. It's it's a 30 degree May day, right? It's snowing. There's a snow day out. My buddy's yeah, still, thir- you know. May? Just wait. You're getting there. Um, I got it. It's the snow is coming down, and you know it's too much. My my friend's parents don't want to come pick him up right now from the sleepover, so we're just chilling, right? 
we got either Smash Bros. Melee mm-hmm. or uh, James Bond Nightfire on the TV, right? It's on it's on the second TV we have downstairs because my dad doesn't let us use the big TV, right? Um, and then my mom brings down Puppy Chow. Just these, oh, oh my God. Little dusty fingerprints all over everything. Yep, and it doesn't matter because it tastes what? so good. You never had Puppy Chow? Oh, Your mom fed you dog food? <laughs> yeah, she, she opened up the can. Yeah. I've never had Puppy Chow. I think that was made in Kentucky. Yeah, dude, you didn't know that? There you go, Stadnick. Come over, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what is Puppy Chow? Puppy Chow is like you get like uh, Chex Mix Ch- cereal. Yeah. And then you coat it with peanut butter, chocolate, uh, and uh, white powder sugar. Okay. And you just, you just pop them. All gotcha. Time. Yeah, we, we call Ooh. that something different in Kentucky. What do you, what do you call, call it? it? Chex Mix with chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> call it Dusty Squares. Yeah. It's my least favorite regionalism. Call it a, a, a bird vomit. <laughs> now you're uh, just you're trying too hard to get under my skin. You already live there. Um, last one, and then yeah, that you do. So... Sweet. How about I dig know. a little deeper? <laughs> uh, last one. This one is from Keith. AKA rocket science, right? Scientist, excuse me. And this one comes from his email. He says, sorry, but I got delayed submitting my question. Yeah, dude, we were expecting a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of delays, which, which game did you pick up uh, a while after it came out and thoroughly enjoyed because of the polish it accrued because of time? For me, it was Diablo 3. I heard it was a mess at launch, but by the time I jumped in, it was so, so, so good. That's from Keith. So this is a good one. Um, for me, Star Wars Battlefront Two, the newest one from EA. Oh, and okay. I'm like, the original didn't really original have patches. Ones. Yeah, so. I was gonna say original one's great, but the newest one, uh, game was bad at launch. Very bad. Microtransactions up the hoo ha. Not a fan. Cancel my pre order. Talked about Wait it before. Out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then last year, we're in a little bit of a drought. Uh, for games around summertime and i was like you know it's on i have it through ea ultimate or whatever it is the my mm-hmm. game pass ultimate subscription or whatever and i i turned it on and it was exactly the game i had hoped it would be uh back what i think that originally came out in what 2017 2018 around there um um so i it was like you know three years later or whatever and i had heard they finally got it to a great place but i hadn't had any interest in that booting it up last year i was like oh this is incredible like the the shooting felt great the hero battles were fantastic the breadth of stages that they added were great and i never felt like i was behind because i played it right because they got rid of all the microtransaction stuff Mm -hmm. it's a really great game and i'm still sad that ea had to learn that the hard way that not pepper your game with microtransactions so that was a bummer um but game is very good now and if you have game pass ultimate you should check it out or because that comes with ea access or whatever it is so yeah yeah. um so very good game john how about you uh mine's gonna be pretty easy i guess uh mine mine's probably final fantasy 14 because oh yeah that was originally just uh, famously a train wreck and uh brought on some some new people to revamp it and relaunch it and ever since uh it's its first expansion relaunch it's it's been really really great and uh i played it i will say i played a tiny bit of of the of 1.0 of that game and uh just really didn't give it much time um i had heard bad things about it i'm like ah, i gotta see how bad this is and 
didn't really get to see how bad it was and just dropped it. Mm. Um, but then uh, years later, I I went full bore into it, and now I've played all the expansions and put 300 hours into it. And Literally wrote the review for it. Wrote the review for the, the recent expansion. It's yeah. really great. So play that. That's a good one. That's a good call out. So Blake, how about you? You have one for this? None really come to mind, man. But mm-hmm. for lack of an answer, you know, all, all games getting updated. Uh, Kane and <laughs> Lynch 2 Dog Days. Perfect. I hadn't played until Fortnite? two years. No, I guess Fortnite. Uh, but Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't played Kane and Lynch 2 until two years ago. There and I assume by then, you know, I played it at its best form. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Can't imagine that's getting an update this year. And I tell you knows? what, love it. Probably one, yeah. one of my top 10 favorite games of all time. So there we go. Nice. Uh, Blake, quick question. Have you been playing Fortnite the, in the last week with the, yes. with the big changes? How do you feel about them taking out building? It's neat. Cool. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Alex uh, Van Aken, take us, take us home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this one. I think the only one that really probably applies to me is probably League of Legends. Um, sure. I don't know. I feel like if a game comes out that's not great, I typically skip it. Um, or I'm already playing it when it's not great, and I don't wait. Um, whereas League, I mean, League was always great as far as I know. But again, like it's just been updated so many times. Like I came in after... The map had been reworked, and like recently, the uh, the items were reworked. Um, so yeah, probably league. Cool. Alrighty. Well, that was community emails. This has been this has been a show. <laughs> I uh, this has been episode. What do we say? Five ninety six. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We're coming up on six hundred, and I think we're gonna brainstorm. I can't confirm anything yet, but we're brainstorming on if we're going to do anything for episode 600, but that's crazy. 600 episodes of this thing. Um, So uh, we appreciate your support. As Alex said in the community email section, Um, you know, we have seen a rise in uh, engagement and that's from all EVU supporting us. And we, we are eternally grateful for that. Um, But yeah, those reviews help us uh, more than, you know, and uh, the results are showing now. So thank you. Uh, be good to one another. I'm going to go take a nap or just try yeah. to recover from this, you know, <laughs> this uh, episode of the podcast. So we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Put the knife away, but just get rid of it. It's my best knife. I'm not getting rid of it. You throw it into the wall. <laughs> <laughs>